This is Elena Becker from the Puget Sound Podcast, welcoming you to our spring 2021 mini-series, Remake the World. When a student is admitted to college, any college, their admission letter often comes with a little welcome gift. Think a sticker, a pennant, maybe a branded water bottle. That's what we've done at Puget Sound in the past. But this year, we're doing it differently. We've partnered with five South Sound nonprofits, Citizens for a Healthy Bay, Rebuilding Hope, Tacoma Community House, the Boys and Girls Club of South Puget Sound, and Nourish Pierce County. And in lieu of an admission gift, we're donating to these organizations on behalf of each student admitted to Puget Sound. Each admitted student gets to direct their donation. So to help you choose, the Puget Sound Podcast is launching a five-episode mini-series to provide a more in-depth introduction to each of our nonprofit partners. If you're an admitted student, welcome aboard. And remember, after you've listened and learned, you can go to pugetsound.edu slash remake to choose the organization you'd like to support. With that, it's my pleasure to introduce you and all of our listeners to Nourish Pierce County, an organization that serves 66,000 people annually and seeks to provide nutritious food and support services to people in need with compassion, dignity, and respect. Even before the coronavirus pandemic, people in America were hungry. Feeding America estimates that before the COVID-19 crisis began, more than 35 million Americans, including almost 11 million children, lived in a food-insecure household. That's almost 11% of the country, but unbelievably, it was also the lowest food insecurity rates America had seen in 20 years. Then came the pandemic. As unemployment and poverty rates rose, Feeding America projected that by the end of 2020, one in six Americans would experience food insecurity. That's 17% and more than 50 million people. In some states, like Mississippi and Arkansas, food insecurity rates were projected to reach higher than 20% of the state population. Here in Washington, the projections were between 11 and 17%, meaning 800,000 to 1.3 million Washingtonians were expected to experience food insecurity. So Nourish Pierce County is the largest food emergency program in the county of Pierce County. That's Claire Bunker. Claire is the Grants and Communication Manager at Nourish, meaning it's her job to know a little bit of everything. We have 25 food banks overall, all throughout Pierce County. Um, Seven are brick-and-mortar food banks that meaning that they are what you would think of a traditional food bank where you walk in a door. But then we also have two mobile food banks, which are semi-trucks, and they were retrofitted to become a food bank in the the box part of the truck. And so those, the the two semi-trucks visit 18 additional sites every week um, throughout Pierce County. And what the mobile food bank program allows a a Nourish Pierce County to do is visit sites within the county that are in, sometimes they're called food deserts, but meaning that there's just not a resource for 
healthy, nutritious food for the people that live in that community. Um, there might be, you know, gas stations and fast food, but that's not nutritious. That's not a sustainable diet for people. The bottom line is we say if, if you feel the need for food, we will give you food. So there's nothing that you could say that we would say, well, we're not going to serve you. Our clientele does not have to prove anything. They don't have to prove their address. We don't have any zip code restrictions at the food bank. Kate Wright manages Nourish Pierce County's Edgewood branch. Edgewood is a small community just east of Tacoma, and its food bank was founded in 2003 with the specific purpose of serving the working poor. People who have jobs but just aren't paid enough to make ends meet. Because this is their target clientele, the Edgewood Food Bank is open on Saturdays and select evenings, times that are convenient for people who work full-time. It's not a coincidence that this is the population the Edgewood Food Bank was designed to serve. More and more Americans fall into this category because increasingly, incomes just aren't keeping up with the cost of basic needs like housing, health care, and child care. 42% of households in Pierce County fall below either the federal poverty threshold or the ALICE threshold. ALICE stands for Asset Limited Income Constrained Employed, and it's a metric designed to capture households that earn more than the federal poverty level, but less than the county's basic costs of living. In 2016, for a family of four, the federal poverty threshold was $24,300. But the cost of living in Pierce County is so high that the county's estimates of a survival budget for such a family living here put the Alice threshold at $72,000. Just last week, um, a woman came up and she thought we were open. And I said, no, 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 we're not open for two more days. And I said, will you be okay? Do you have enough food? And she said, yeah, yeah, I'll be okay. And so she walked back to her car and I walked back in and I just had kind of a sick feeling and I looked out the window and she hadn't driven off. And I thought, oh, there's something not right about this. So I went up to her and I said, are you sure you have enough food for two days? Because I can, I can grab you a few things to tide you over. The woman took Kate up on her offer. So Kate goes back in the food bank, she gets together some food, and she goes back out to the car. And when she does, she notices something. There's a cat in the car. And next to the cat, there's a litter box. And I said, are you living in your car? And she said, yes. And, and she was working. She had a job. But she didn't have enough money to be able to get an apartment and all of that. So here she was living in her car and oh, it just breaks your heart. But I was so grateful that I had gone back out and talked to her one more time. Kate also told me about another hard moment that stands out to her. About 10 years ago, she was walking into work when suddenly she looked up and locked eyes with her kid's first grade teacher, standing in line waiting for the food bank to open. And, you know, we both just looked at each other and he was just mortified but um, he had had to retire due to illness, and he again had to make the choice. Still had insurance, but the premiums for the insurance, his part that he had to pay, he would either be able to pay that or he could pay for food. 
Kate is really clear that he shouldn't have been mortified. The whole point of a food bank is that you can come and get help. And a lot of their volunteers are also food bank clients, so they're the first ones to say, hey, I'm in the same boat. But it can be hard. And Kate is really sensitive to this. She's thinking really actively about how to protect her clients' dignity, even, especially, during the pandemic. So with the pandemic, everything changed. (laughs) Absolutely everything. How we ran our food banks, um, where we're going to store food, you know, what we're going to give to people. So the beautiful thing about Nourish Pierce County Food Banks is We are all set up like little grocery stores. And what that offers is self-select. So when somebody pre-coat came in and they would go up and down the aisles and say, "Um, geez, I want green beans, but I don't like corn. So in a pre-loaded box that might be built for them, we don't know. So we just give them one of each. But when we can do this self-select, it's wonderful because then they might, and oftentimes they would say, I don't need any canned goods. I'm really good on canned. And it's just a win-win for everybody. COVID changed everything. So now um, we've lost the ability to have our clientele come indoors. At this point, they will come up and they will get a pre-made box of food, which is pretty much this shelf-stable food. Um, But they will also get um, fresh produce. They'll get meat and eggs and dairy and breads and even desserts and all kinds of things. But um, we're working hard now trying to adjust it a little more so that they they can have a little more choice. So we're putting fewer things in the preloaded box and we have some things closer to where we distribute the food that we can say, do you want pasta? Do you want rice? Do you want this? So part of what we try to do at Nourish is treat everybody with compassion, dignity, and respect. And our self-select model has always lent itself to that. You know, when I go to a grocery store, nobody's telling me what I have to take. And so uh, we're trying to get that back in. But boy, COVID has just been a challenge and a half for us. Um, I would say when, when COVID first hit, our numbers went off the charts. By May of 2020, the number of people seeking food assistance from Nourish Pierce County had increased by more than 40%. And CEO Sue Potter told the New York Times that as stimulus checks and other federal assistance waned, Nourish was preparing for what she called an overwhelming tsunami of need. By December of 2020, Nourish was seeing even higher demand than they did during the Great Recession. And the pandemic makes everything harder. Back in the spring, when grocery stores were selling out of everything, that impacted the grocery rescue programs that supply some of the food to Nourish. About 70% of Nourish Pierce County's established volunteers, many of them older folks, have needed to stay home, to the point where Governor Inslee asked the Washington National Guard to help with food packing and distribution across the state. But Claire, the grants and communications manager we met earlier, says that even amongst all these challenges, there are bright spots. I am regularly humbled 
by the response that we have received from our community. We have a wall in our office where we hang up all of the personal little notes that we get with our check donations that say things like, I asked my wife what she wanted for her birthday, and she said, I'd like to make a donation to Nourish Pierce County. There's people that need help more than I need anything. And they send along a very generous donation. Or here's my stimulus check. You know, they just write a check based on what they received in the stimulus check saying, I really don't need this. I can do without. Help somebody else. Our local foundations, our local businesses have reached out. Suddenly, they're walking in with a check or asking if they can do a food drive for us. Um, It has been very humbling to just be on the receiving end of such generosity. This, Claire says, is kind of the point. Hunger is not going away, but neither is our community. Food banks like Nourish Pierce County are a safety net, but out on the edges of that safety net, holding it up, it's people. People like Claire and Kate, people who are volunteering and fundraising, people like you and me. One of our, in fact, our most recent food distribution site that we opened um, just a little over a year ago now is uh, in the Salishan neighborhood in Tacoma. It's a Tacoma Housing Authority neighborhood. And that is made up of a lot of um, immigrant families. And so people that are here that, you know, English might not be their first language. People that just already have some sort of challenge that is either maybe an ongoing challenge or a short-lived challenge that just makes knowing that there is a safety net out there, that there, and behind that safety net are people. There have to be people that care, not just people like myself who are fortunate enough to actually work for an organization like this, but people that care enough to donate or people who care enough to put together a fundraiser online for us or people who care enough to um, organize a food drive or to make a donation or to volunteer in our food banks, we are the safety nets. At the end of our conversation, I asked Kate, the manager at the Edgewood branch, one last question. How does she do it? How does she keep going to work on the front lines of the things that are hard and unfair in the world? How does she keep working to meet a need that can sometimes seem never-ending? And she said the same thing Claire did, that this work, it's really about community. It's about people. Even our Ukrainian population, where we have this language barrier, you know, when they get their food, they say, God bless you, God bless you. And I pray for your family. And um, I think that's what brings you back, knowing that there's the need and then that people are so grateful. I realized very, very early on that um, that we feed more than um, hungry stomachs, you know, that this job is about feeding souls. And it can be your volunteers, it can be your clients, but 
Um, and it's me too, you know, it feels, I guess that's why I can come back every day because it fills you up and you know you're doing a good thing. My profound thanks to Claire and Kate, not just for joining me on the podcast, but for doing this work every day. And my thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Nourish Pierce County or get involved with their volunteer programs, go to nourishpc.org. If you're an admitted student, remember that you can go to pugetsound.edu remake to direct your donation and support this work. I also hope you'll join us for our other four episodes of Remake the World, highlighting Tacoma Community House, the Boys and Girls Club of South Puget Sound, Citizens for a Healthy Bay, and Rebuilding Hope. You can subscribe to PS, the Puget Sound podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts to make sure you never miss an episode. The Puget Sound podcast is recorded and produced by Moonyard Studio. I'm Elena Becker. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.